message this morning is, are you a saved or an unsaved believer? Think about that. There's a lot of believers that are lost. So, are you a saved or an unsaved believer? If Jesus comes for his saints, will he take you with him? Or if you die tonight, will you spend eternity in heaven? Nothing is more important than your eternal future. Churches are full of individuals who know the Bible, believe everything about Jesus, but they are not saved. They're unsaved. Knowledge won't save you. Knowledge just qualifies you to be saved. Many people within the church say that no one, not even Christians, can stop sinning, given that they use Romans 6.23 and said the wages of sin is death. See, it makes no difference how much money I owe if somebody pays it for me. My first car I ever had was an old 49 Ford flathead, 235. Filled it up with oil and checked the gas. Ran it through the farmer's bank. When they got me a job, I started saving up and and found out that my brother-in-law had uh, paid it. And I went to him and I said, yeah, I want to pay for the car that you bought me. He said, listen to what you said, bought you. Of course, he wouldn't take the money. I'm a sinner, but Jesus paid my sin debt. So therefore, I won't have to enter hell. But if I keep sinning, I will still go to heaven, but he'll deal with me and deal with me until I stop. And if I don't stop, he'll take me home. Now, some agree with that, some don't. Uh, We're not here to argue that. But many are misled into thinking they are eternally saved because They said a prayer once, asking Jesus into their heart. That won't save you. They go to a particular church, or they pray a lot, or so-and-so in their family is a good Christian, or their church leader says so, or they think they are good enough, or they don't sin that much anymore. And we did go on and on and on, so I didn't list every everything. But although some of these things are good, not one or even all of them will get you into heaven. Jesus said in Luke thirteen three. Luke thirteen three. 
in this scripture, he says this. I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Now, repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of action. And I won't name the names to protect the innocent. But in all the years I've been pastor of this church, I've had them come down the aisle on Sunday morning and ask for forgiveness and see them doing the very same thing that afternoon. They didn't repent. Repentance is a change of mind, a change of heart that leads to a change of action. Repentance begins when a person has sorrow toward God because their sin and and this leads to a willingness to turn away from sin and to turn to God. See? Repentance is a complete turnaround. Complete turnaround. Now, God said in Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter seven. And verse 10, God said this, For godly sorrow work of repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world work of death. It is more than a mere change of mind. It is a change of lifestyle. It is more than just being sorry for sin. It's being sorry enough to quit. When anyone repents, God sends the Holy Spirit into their life to give them power. Give them power to begin a new life. See, repentance is not just a change of mind. It's a change of mind that leads to a change of action. Notice with me in the book of John, the Gospel of John. John chapter 1 and verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name, which were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Every time I've ever was called to a house where the husband was drunk and and his wife says, I'm going to leave you. He repents. He didn't repent because the next week he's going to do the same thing. And he did. It's not a change of mind in itself. 
It's a change of mind that leads to a change of heart that leads to a change of action. So the question is, you know, is exactly, are you a saved or an unsaved believer? I met very few lost people that denied Christ. I met some, but most of them say, yes, I believe that Jesus is real. I believe he died for sinners, and someday, right before I get ready to die, you know, I'm going to get saved. Well, if, if you pick up one of my business cards out on the front desk, on the back of it, I ask everybody to call me a day before they're going to die so I can tell them how to be saved. But none of you know when you're going to die. What I've just experienced is an intention. I've intended. Just like the drunk. He passes out or he has a wreck and he kills somebody. I'd already decided I was going to give it up. How many times did you decide you'd get it right? Repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of action. God said in Hebrews chapter 6, you know, in verse, verse 1, you know, that's what we need to, to see. He says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. How many times has a man or woman that's in hell tonight, this morning, repented? Told somebody, I'm not going to drink no more. I'm not going to trust no more. I'm not going to gamble no more. I'm not going to hit my wife no more. But they do. Well, they didn't repent. Repentant is a change of mind, a change of heart that leads to a change of action. Repentance from acts that lead to death. And a good picture of what Jesus required uh, is given to us at the woman caught in adultery. Turn with me to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. When we look at John chapter 8, beginning with verse 1, Jesus went into the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning he came again to the temple, and all the people come unto him, and he sat down and taught them. Wouldn't you like to have been in that bunch? Amen. And scribes and Pharisees seized, seized, brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, They said unto me, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? 
Have people asked you? I know what the Bible says, but what do you think, Pastor? That's an insult. That's an insult. To ask a saved person that is an insult. Because if that person doesn't feel the same way that Jesus felt, he either hasn't been taught or he is an unbeliever. But they went on anyway. We know what the law says, in other words. But what says thou? This they said, tempting him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote upon the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself, said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they was heard it, being convicted by their own conscience. Went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone. And the woman standing in the midst, when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none, But the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man. No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Jesus just told us what true repentance was. When you repent, Jesus tells you, now go, sin no more. Don't come back and do that same sin that you said you just repented of. He said in verse 12, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. What's wrong with a person who comes before the church and repents or go to his wife or go to the husband and said, honey, I want to tell you I'm sorry. I've repented of that. I'll never do it again. And they go right out and do the same thing again. They've never repented. Even though, you know, Are you a saved or an unsaved believer? If a person repents of a sin and then continues to do that sin over and over and over, they are an unsaved believer. I believe the lost, I believe there's there's people that's been in church all their life, they believe that Jesus died on the cross. They believed that he was in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. But it's only in the head. Brother Ross Rains, pastor at Ashland Avenue Better Church for a number of years, said most people are going to miss heaven for about 18 inches. From the head to the heart. My friend, there are numbers of people who bleed in their head 
they are saved because they go to church, they've repented, they had a change of mind. But behind closed doors, there is no difference. I'm talking about the closed doors of minds. Not feeling sorry for myself when I tell you this, I'm probably blessed. We got a television and we get ABC, NBC, and CBS, and Fox. On a good day, we can get it. But you know what's on ABC, NBC, and CBS, and Fox? Garbage. Garbage. It's like when one of the members started my day off bad here at church. Yeah, can you imagine that? Sent me a thing on Facebook that, that says a certain church downtown next Saturday is going to have an open house, you know. They're going to furnish uh, food to eat, drinks, you know, coffee, tea, little beer. You can come, you're welcome. Just bring your own chair. And yet, if I get up here and preach against that, somebody is going to say, well, you know, none of us perfect. Well, I may not be perfect, but I'm no hypocrite. And you're a hypocrite when you think that somebody can be saved and a member of the church that Jesus built and that church hosts nothing but a gather of so you can eat and life and get drunk and home. If you got a puppy, I'm so hoping that Ada lives until next Saturday so I can let them anoint her. But Brother Vance, you don't need to preach like that. You don't need to say that stuff. I don't. I believe that Christ called me to preach and he said, preach the word. And when I preach and say that you are an adulterer or you commit fortification or you're railing, some of you don't know what those words mean to the fullness. And God, you know, we don't want to change what you think. But if your thinking doesn't change, your actions won't change. God tells us very clearly. After the woman accusers left, Jesus told her that he didn't condemn her either, but go and do what? Sin no more. In the same way, when we come to Jesus in repentance, he forgives the sins of our past and commands us that we also leave our life of sin. The Bible makes it clear that we are all sinners and that it is impossible for us to keep ourselves from sin. So when, when somebody tells me, I don't sin, Pastor. I don't think I'm listening to somebody that lies. I'm, I'm listening to somebody that, that the Holy Spirit has not taught them. Because God tells us we all sin. 
You know, Romans chapter 8 and verse 7. Romans 8 verse 7. Notice what God said. He said, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. Now, what is God saying here? A lost man cannot obey the law of God. He can't do it. Neither indeed can he. We expect. I've said this, and probably some of you have been with me a while. You know, we had a gentleman. You know, he never was a member. His family was. But he used, what is wrong with our kids? You know what I said. It's us parents. It's what's wrong with us kids. Well, you know, you send them off to school, and I don't want them to get involved in this, but you know what? People are going to look at them and, and judge them, you know. So, are they going to school to get an education or are they going to school to learn how to sin? I pray that God, as I told my daughter, She said, do you think I've done a pretty good job so far? I said, yes, I do. Now, when she get out of kindergarten, you put her in a private school or you teach her at home. That's my opinion. Because what I hear from all these mothers, but see, I moved over here because that was a good school. So, What you're telling me is those teachers are going to remain there until they retire. They're not going to move away. We can teach our brain to believe what we want to. Like serving beer at the church party. We're not going to get anybody drunk. I mean, you know, what's what's wrong with one beer? God said the wages of sin is death. So left alone, we are all in a hopeless state and face eternal life. However, no sin is too big for God to handle Got a friend, good friend. His daughter is lesbian. She said, she even calls me Uncle Tony. Uncle Tony, I was born that way. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you didn't. Quit lying on my God. You're not born gay. You weren't born homosexual. You wasn't born now that they don't even know. And this new bill out, you know. The news ain't going to give it to you. And you don't want to hear it. Most people, I think our people do. They're going to start teaching in the public school with tax money. 
They don't know whether they're male or female until they get a certain age. How stupid do they think the parents are? We elected these, and we elected some of them because they had a big R beside them or a big D beside them. I'm telling you, quit voting. Strict party. Vote for the man. You make sure you know what he is. God said, God said in Romans chapter 7 and verse 14, you know, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal, soul under the law. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I am not. But what I hate, that I do. You ever find yourself doing that? You ever find yourself thinking something you wish you hadn't thought? You know why? Because this spiritual man is living inside of a carnal body. Who will rescue me from this body of death? (laughs) And he goes on and he says, Thanks be to God, Jesus Christ our Lord. He then describes how the Spirit can keep us from deliberately, habitually sinning. You know, only the Spirit can. Because he said in verse 18, For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Brother, the answer is so hard. You know there's a little bit of good in Steve. I look at Steve. I love the man. I respect the man. He's no good. Outside of Christ, he would go to hell. Without Christ, I would go to hell. You've got to be honest with yourself. You've got to be honest with God. And he said, "For Paul said, for I know that is in me, in, in Romans chapter 7, verse 18, in me there is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing, for the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, I find myself doing it. You ever make a New Year's the resolution? Have you ever kept it? A uh, couple of days, week, month. But it's hard to keep it all year long because the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. And we believe what we want to believe. You know, I've got a letter from Oprah. I've got a tape on Oprah. You know, and people say, Oprah led me to the Lord. You've got to know the Lord before you can lead somebody to the Lord. And if you read her testimony, listen to her testimony, she knows not my God. Now, why? People that haven't, haven't heard that will, will, you know. But, Brother Vance, do you realize how much she gives to people? Yeah. It would surprise you that most lost people that are wealthy give more to the church than saved people. 
You know what? They believe it's going to get them into heaven. But that doesn't okay our slack from not being honest with God. Because he said in verse 20, now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. If I say unkind words to my wife, it's my sinful body that does it. And I've got to bring that body under subjection. He said, I find then the law that when I would do good, evil is present with me, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Because only the inward man. This body doesn't like the law. This body does not like, you know, this body does not like going down high 75 when the speed limit is 70 and everybody in front of you is doing 90 or 100 and blowing for you to get out of the way. Oh, you get behind this little fellow that's out sightseeing. Somebody ought to tell him you don't sightsee going through Atlanta. Take some pictures. So it, it gets us aggravated, you know. Not me. Well, it does me. I get aggravated when I'm going down the highway 75 and they're blowing for me to get out of the way. But that shows I'm flesh. That shows I'm human. But God paid for that sin also. Do you live according to the Spirit and meet God's righteous requirements? The Bible lists many lifestyles that will bring God's condemnation and eternal separation from Him. It lists lying, lust, pornography, hatred, stealing, idolatry, Greed, discord, jealousy. We don't like this one, but it's still there. Fits of rage. Selfish ambition. Envy and drunkenness. If you're curious how many Baptists drink, go to Olive Garden on Friday night. Everybody drinks. It's just a little, a little glass of wine. Oh, so it's all right to lie as long as you don't lie a lot. It's all right to trust as long as you don't trust a lot. It's all right. To steal, long as you steal from somebody that's got it, right? So I asked the question. Same thing that I titled the message. Are you a saved or an unsaved believer? 
Jesus said, I tell you the truth, no man can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again, is what he said in John 3, 3. That is, he must become a new creature in Christ, born of the Spirit, living by the Spirit. The Bible says no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born again. Try to read 1 John 3, 6 through 10. 1 John 2, 3 through 6. Well, I don't know about you, but the first few years I was saved, I questioned myself because the things I used to do, I didn't do no more, but I wanted to do them. God worked on my woman. God will change your mind to agree with him. Not with the preacher. Not with your best favorite family in the church. You don't want to answer to God. Not to the pastor. Not to your best friends. Not to your family. You're going to stand before God and give an account. Let me tell you something. When I preach on the great white throne judgment, Every one of you, if you'll be honest, you will shiver in your shoes because there's been opportunity for you to tell people how to be saved and you choked up. And you're going to see God cast them into hell. You'll see it. When I see my whole life pass before me, It's coming. And as I told Sister Jean this, this morning, I think she asked questions similar to this, may not have been word for word. What is going on? How long is this going to last? It's bottom of the night.